Glad people are eating finally. I've got chunk, you can still. Okay, excellent. All right. All right, officially starting. So this is uh, Thursday night Cholent. We have real Cholent. Finished mine already. I finished mine before this year. Everyone else eats theirs during this year. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube, but you can't eat the Cholent on YouTube. Cholent, because we eat Cholent, and also we do something different every single week. We mix it up and keep it, uh, keep it diverse and exciting. What do they say? Variety is the spice of life. Okay. So this week we have for you the Ger Rebbe. Yehuda Ayaleb Alter Svasemis. Svasemis is a collection of droshes of uh, sermons Svasemis gave. And it's called Svasemis. It was published posthumously um, because the last drosha is Vayechi of Tafresh Samechei. What's that in English? 19, uh, what was it? Tafresh Samechei. Uh, in 1906, right? Because it was January, so it would have been already. Oh no, no, no. it would be 19, uh, 1905. Is that right? Like yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. It was Parshas Vayechi, and the last words of the drosha Vayechi of that year was Svasemis. So they called the whole thing Svasemis, which means uh, language of truth, uh, lips of truth. And that's what it's called. Okay, so the the particular maima that we're learning here, obviously, is Parshas Chayisara because that's the parsha this week. It's from Tav Resh Nun Vav, which would be what eighteen ninety six. Although probably it was eighteen ninety five still because it was like this time of year where it's like not yet the next secular year. So it's like the autumn of eighteen ninety five. Okay, here we go. In the Medrash, it says, it brings a Pasuk from Tehillim. Tehillim, David Melech says, Hashem knows the days of the Tamim. How are we going to translate Tamim? It doesn't just mean righteous or upright or you know, good people, but it means whole, complete, intact, the people who have fullness. That's a, it's a byword for tzaddikim, but it's a special word, and we're going to see it has significance. Okay. So Hashem knows, this is what David Amal says in Tel. Hashem, Hashem knows the days of the timimim, of the complete, of the intact. You know, it's interesting because in Lubavitch, the yeshiva is called Temchet Timimim, which is named the, the Rebbe Rashab, who was a contemporary of this Fasemis, the name that the Rebbe Rashab gave to the yeshiva. It's actually from the... Uh, from the uh, from Simchas Torah, so we say Temchet uh, Timimim. So uh, the yeshiva is called Temchet Timimim, and the Bachem, the Talmidim, are called Timimim. So one time in Kfar Chabad, there was a Bachar. He daven what we call Baveda. He daven really long, like meditative, slow. Davened a long time, and he finished Shachras on Shabbos like later in the afternoon. And so that, now he has to go make Kiddush. So he was like scrounging around looking for some wine, get a Revius wine. He was trying to find, you know, everything to, to make Kiddush. And uh, specifically, as you see in the story, he needed Lechem Mishnah. So the two, two halos, two shlemas. In halacha, you're supposed to use a, a shlema. A shlema means complete, intact. It wasn't broken or 
cut from. So um, Bacher is <laughs> walking around the uh, the Zal trying to find the uh, the the two chalos uh, and the Mendel Futterfass was verbringing. And he was getting distracted by this Bacher. And finally, he, Mendel stopped. He looks at the Bacher and says, Bacher, what suchst du? Says Schlemus. I'm looking. You know, that's I'm looking for Schlemus. Schlemus means complete, intact hollow rolls. So the Mendel, without missing a beat, says, "Atomim," meaning a Talmud of Tem Chetmimim. Atomim zuch nishkein Schlemus. He says Schlemus, like Schlemut, instead of Schlemus. He was saying, you know, in the Ashkenazi pronunciation, you, you slur the last syllable. It's like a schwa. So Schlemus, Schlemus. It sounds the same. So he said, "Atomim zuch nishkein." Shlemus, atomim zucht tmimus. Don't look for shlem. Shlemus means I want to be perfect. I want to be, you know, I want to be a big deal. No, just look for integrity. Just have integrity. Be aligned. That everything should be one straight shot. You know, your beliefs and your ideas and your emotions and your behaviors it should all be integrated. No fragmentation. No hypocrisy. No, uh, you know. Double standards. Anyways, that that's timimus. Timimus means complete. Everything is complete. And what, what, what we're going to see here, that's also what this Vasemis is saying. Timimus means a certain consistency through and through with no variation. Okay, let's take a look. So, like we're saying, the Madrash says, based on the Pasagantilum, Yedea Hashem Yemei Simimim, Keshem, this is what the Madrash says, Keshem Shehem Timimim, just like these. Tzadikim, these righteous people, like the Ovis and the Yemois, are Tamimim. They themselves are called Tamimim. Kach, so too, Shnei Seim Tamimim. Their years are intact or whole or perfect or complete. What does that mean that their years are whole or complete or whatever? Well, let's look what Rashi says. Rashi is the foremost commentator. He says, Pshute uh, Shomikro, he says the simple, literal, concrete meaning. Rashi says, Perish Rashi, Shnei Chayisara, Kulon, Shavin, Latoiva. The years of Sara's life were all equally good. Because he's, he's answering a question that says she was 100 years and 20 years and 7 years. These are the years of, of, of Sara. So he says, he explains, why does it recap these were the years? So that you shouldn't think there's 100 years that were it's like this. And then there was 20 years that were like another way. And the 7 years that were... Even though the Pasuk says at the end, even though the Pasuk says in different groups of years, but at the end it says, these are the years of the life of Sada. To tell you, they were all equally good. Kulun Shavin Lateva, they were all equally good. And Svasemis says, what does that mean? All of her years were equally good. Because as he's about to say, I don't know, I know her biography. I read a little bit of Chomish and it didn't seem like all her years were equally good. So Svasemis explains, uh, I'm talking subjectively. Taking, I'm talking about how she took it. How she took it. Vuhumidis hishtavus. Shovin here, equal, means midis hishtavus, equanimity. Equanimity means you know, the Svasemis doesn't say this here, but the, the Baal Shem Tov says, on the Pasuk can tell him, Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit. Pasuk can tell him, Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit. I've placed the Lord before me at all times. Shavisi means I've placed. I've placed the Lord before me at all times. That means I'm God conscious. I'm constantly aware of Hashem. So, uh, by the way, just a little side story, because Ger comes from, from, comes from Kotsk, so I'll tell you a Kotsk story. There's a Kotsk story about a Bachar 
who was from a non-Hasidic yeshiva, and he ran away, and he went to Kotsk. And then when he came back to town, his old Rosh Hashiva caught him in the street, and he's like, hey, why'd you run away? What'd you learn in Kotsk that I can't teach you? You know, I can teach you whatever you want. So he's like, um, well, if I tell you one thing they taught me that you can't teach me, would you forgive me? He's like, yeah, sure, if, if it's true. I mean, you got to tell me, you got to back it up. He said, okay, they taught me to be a Yedea Machshavis. They taught me to read minds, I'm clairvoyant. So the old Rosh Hashiva from the non-Hasidic old yeshiva, he says to the Bachar, he says, that's an outlandish claim. You can't just go and say that you learned by the Hasidim how to read minds. You got to prove it. You got to read my mind. He says, fine, I'll read your mind. Think something. You got to really concentrate. And if you really concentrate on something, I will tell you what it is. So the Rosh Hashiva is like, okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking. He's like, no, but you're really concentrated. He says, yes, I'm really concentrated. You really, you got it clear. He says, yes, I'm thinking very clear. Okay, you're thinking right now. Shavisi Hashem Negdi Summit. I have placed the Lord before me at all times. I am always God conscious. And Rosh Hashiva says, I'm not thinking that at all. The Bachar says, I know. That's why I ran away to Kutsk. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, Shavisi Hashem Negdi Summit. I was in the middle of telling you what the Balshamta says. Shavisi Hashem Negdi Summit. So the Balshamta says, Shavisi Maloshni Shave. Shave. Equal. Equal. Even keel. And, he, and the Baal Shem says, Shehein velav shoven lai begashmias. That when it comes to gashmias, I'm talk, not talking about ruchnias, like, oh, I had a, ba a bad davening, but a eh, bad davening, a good davening, eh, it's all the same, it's all shoven. No, it means, and the Baal Shem says, whether people are nice to you or they're mean to you, whether you eat nice food like the chant that we have here, or you eat plain food, whatever you would normally eat if you wouldn't come. No, I'm sure you have good food at home. But the point is whether you are experiencing pleasure or the opposite of pleasure. Emotionally, you're supposed to be even keel, and that's called midas hishtavos, equanimity. Okay, so the Svasema says, How can Rashi say that Sada's life was all equally good when we know that she had ups and downs? He says, Well, subjectively, the way she took it, she had such a such, uh, midas hishtavos equanimity, or the philosophers might call it stoicism, although I hate to quote other isms, lahavdil, because this is. Not, not an ism, but uh, that idea of I'm not going to be reactive. I'm not going to be reactive to my environment and the changes changes of my environment. Okay. So, and, and, and the Svasema says, he attributes it to the Chayvah Salavavos. Chayvah Salavavos speaks about this idea of especially in Shara Betochen, about being unflappable. Whatever happens, you know, it's all good. Just write it out. And uh, don't don't be so uh, reactive. All right. Vuhu mayla gedela liyes adam emid bitmimusei b'chol masha over alav. This is a great virtue to be able to basically um, remain the same. That's how he's translating, or that's how he's using the word tmimus. Tmimus is you're able to just be complete and whole. In any situation, so the situation's changing, you're not changing. You never change. You know, I, I heard one time someone explain it, like the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. Some people are like thermometers, some people are like thermostats. A thermometer tells you the temperature in the room. A thermostat tells the room the temperature. <laughs> so there are people who are reactive. That's like a person who's a thermometer. If it's hot, so the mercury goes high. Right? If his wife yelled at him today, then you see, he looks all grumpy. Huh? And he's yelling at people on the road. He's road raging, right? Because he's reactive. And then there's someone who's like a thermostat. He wakes up in the morning and says, Maidan, he's full of gratitude. And that's it. Even though his wife also yells at him, by the way. He thought that was, no. But it didn't bother him. It was fine. And he didn't road rage. And he didn't, didn't take it out on anyone. Because he was good. Okay. 
Ve'yesh nisayin la'ani ve'yesh la'ashir. Sfas Hamas says, look, man, life's always going to be hard. <laughs> there's a nisayin of wealth, and there's a, the, a nisayin, a test, a tribulation of uh, of poverty. Or first he says poverty, then he says, then he says wealth. But the point is, being poor is a test. Being wealthy is a test. Everything's a test. Everything's difficult. Sara, in the beginning of her life, she had some hard times, objectively speaking, what the outside observer would see, what the, what the biographer would see. She had some hard times. With a famine. Remember when they first did their Lech Lecha and they came to Eretz Canaan, which was called back then, they had a famine. And then when she got kidnapped, not once, but twice. She got kidnapped twice. Once by Pare and then by Avimelech. Okay, so she had some hard times. Then at the end of her life, they, meaning Avram and Sarah, had all goodness, not just wealth. They were very wealthy. But then they were blessed with Yitzchak. They had a child at an old age. And yet they did not change in response to all of those changes. So the, their, their situation around them was changing, but they were not changed. The, uh, I think yesterday was the yard site, first yard site of uh, Jonathan Sachs, Allah Shalom. So he has a great story. He says that when he was in uh, Cambridge, so he basically scammed a free trip to America by saying he's going to interview uh, Jewish leaders. So they paid for his trip to uh, go to America. And then he had to interview Jewish leaders. So he had different, and he made sure that the Jewish leaders he was interviewing, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, <laughs> he, he planned out an itinerary so it could. Uh, you know, see see America. Anyway, so one of the Jewish leaders he interviewed was the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So he asked Lubavitcher Rebbe about leadership. He says the Rebbe flipped it on him. He's like, no, no. He started he started asking Jonathan Sachs about Jewish leadership. Like he flipped it on. Like, no, you're the leader. You're the leader. Now, Jonathan Sachs, you're saying, of course, he he was a leader, a Jewish leader, a chief rabbi. This is long before he was interested in being a rabbi at all, let alone a chief rabbi, and he certainly did not see himself as like a leader of Jewish activity on campus. And the Rebbe flips it on him, and he's like, what are you doing for Jewish life on campus? And he, he was like so taken aback, so he tried to like dray out of it. So he, he says he started constructing this convoluted sentence, and he's like, well, in the circumstances in which I currently find myself, <laughs> like trying to give an excuse, and he said the Rebbe did something at that point which he thought was quite un uncharacteristic for the Rebbe. He cut him off mid-sentence, and he said, you don't find yourself in a circumstance, you, you create your circumstance. So this is what we're saying here. Yeah, life changes. There is the vicissitudes of life. Sada's life, we know she had hard times, she had good times. But the point is that Sada and Avram were tmimim, which means that emotionally they were even keel the whole time. They were thermostats, not thermometers. Okay. Um... And this is what it means in the Mishnah when it says, There were 10 tests. The Mishnah in Pirkeovis. Avram was tested with 10 tests of Ahmed Bechulon, and he passed all of them. And the reason he was tested was to illustrate so Hashem could show the world how beloved Avram was. Pirush, what does that mean? 
because of his great love for Hashem. I'm sorry, not how beloved Avram was, but rather the great love that Avram had for Hashem. All the winds in the world could not make him budge from his place. In other words, he had an interesting life. He had 10 tests, but he, he internally, he was the same. He was rock solid. He stayed complete. He stayed intact. He didn't even feel what was happening to him. Now, what does it mean he didn't even feel it? We would ask him what's happening. I'm sure he understood. He could tell you what's happening. Right? I'm being thrown into a fiery furnace right now. But the point is, he didn't say, oh, no, I'm being thrown into a fiery furnace. It's like, okay, then I was thrown into a fire furnace, and then, then I had lunch. And then, you know, <laughs> just, that's life, you know? Stuff happens. Okay. Uh, this is not like your regular human way. This is not the normal human nature. Normal people experience many shinuyim, not just in a lifetime, but on a daily basis, they are experiencing emotional fluctuations. <laughs> so they're up and then they're down. They're up. They're, oh, the light turned green. Great. I'm making such good time. And then all of a sudden, like, city garbage truck pulls up in front of you. Oh, no. Now I'm stuck behind a garbage truck. Now, now I'm depressed. Okay. So <laughs> regular people, they experience these fluctuations constantly on a daily basis, like re repeatedly throughout the day. The Haim Kolshnei Sehem, but they... Avram and Sarah, all of their years, their whole life, they did not change. Whatever was happening, they stayed the same. You know, someone we're talking about, we're not talking about somebody who's oblivious. We're not saying that they don't know what's happening to them. What we're talking about is somebody whose internal mental and emotional state is not dependent on the circumstances around them. So the regular human way, he calls it the regular human way. I mean, he's, he's admitting that Sarah and Avram are doing something superhuman. They're rising above human nature. But also he's recommending that we all do the same. But, uh, or he's going, to, he's going to say that, you know, we should, we should all strive to do this. The point is regular human nature is, of course, you're going to be reactive. So uh, if you experience pain, you're happy. If you experience pleasure, uh, I mean, if you experience pain, you're sad. If you experience pleasure, you're happy. But what he's saying is it doesn't have to be locked in like that. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be that because I'm eating ice cream, I'm happy. And, uh, you know, if I'm stuck in a traffic jam or get a paper cut, or, uh, I, I, I like to use, like, very benign examples of bad things. I just figure, like, God forbid, in case I'm putting anything out there, I just want it to be, like, the worst thing is traffic jam and a, and a, and a paper cut. That's okay. Anyways, but so you would think, when I'm eating ice cream, uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, uh, I got a paper cut. I'm sad. Yeah, of course, you can be aware of the fact that something is happening to you or maybe even that it's causing pain or it's causing pleasure. But that shouldn't have any bearing on your emotional state. Shouldn't have any bearing on your emotional state. Your, your emotional state should be a constant. It should be a constant state of simcha. Not to, uh, I mean, it's not that we need to have a secular basis for this because we have the Svas Emes, we have the Baal Shem Tev. But, uh, you know, this is what Viktor Frankl wrote. 
in uh, logotherapy, and he was a Holocaust survivor, he was in Auschwitz. And he said, basically, he came to the conclusion that you, you cannot control your circumstances, but you can control your reaction to circumstances. That was the whole basis of logotherapy. Okay, so this is Fasemis, you know, 50 years before, before Frankel. Say the same idea that your circumstances can change and you're not in control of your circumstances, but your emotional state can be a constant. I'll tell you a story, by the way, that is related to Frankel. I don't know how related it is, but it has echoes of Frankel. I heard from Shmuel Lu that one time he was sitting with Mendel Futtefas, second Reb Mendel story of the night. So Shmuel Lu was sitting with Mendel Futtefas. You see, when a Lubavitcher teaches Fasemis, you get two Reb Mendel Futtefas stories. Anyway, so you have uh, Shmuel Lu sitting with uh, Mendel in, in, in London. Mendel lived in London for a while. And uh, so they were talking. I don't know how it got to this point, but, but Mendel would sometimes speak about his experiences in uh, the gulag and like the, the slave labor camp where the communists sent him. So he was telling Shmuel about this professor that was in the camp with him. And, you know, like it was weird because like there were political prisoners like, like him and there were like uh, common criminals. Most of the people there were just common criminals. And then there was this professor. He was there because he was an intellectual. A lot of times the communists were suspicious of intellectuals. They actually have a joke. They had a joke. Why does the KGB always work in groups of three? Because you need one who knows how to write. You need another one who knows how to read. And then you need a third one to keep his eye on the two intellectuals. Okay, so they were suspicious of intellectuals. So this professor got thrown in this gulag because he was an intellectual. Anyways, I do not know when or if uh, this professor saw Frankel, but it's very interesting. This is in the 60s, the latest, in, in, in the Soviet Union. So I don't know if they had Frankel or if someone smuggled in a copy or something like that. But he said that at Mendel, he says, I'm studying the people in this prison. And I'm seeing, I'm like forming a theory here because I see like a lot of these guys are healthy and young, but then like they, in the morning, one day they'll just say, I can't get up off the cot like to go work. And then we come back and they're dead. And physically they should be, you know, they're young and healthy. They shouldn't be dropping dead. But I, I, then I see you and you're like, you are so, you know, you're like the healthiest guy here. And I really think it has to do with like, your attitude, I really think like it's the, the mental uh, factor. So uh, Mendel agreed with him, he says, yeah. He says, but I'll explain it to you. He's like, see these guys that you know are dropping dead, these young guys, even though physically they're healthy, but he says, you have to understand something. These guys are Cossacks, these, these guys are low lives. Cossacks are low lives. For them, all of life is just three things. It's um, a horse, a rifle, and a bottle of vodka. That's life, that's, all the, that's, that's their whole life. So when they come to this place, they have those three things taken away from them. They don't have a horse anymore. They don't have a rifle and they don't have a bottle of vodka. Well, if those things are life and those things were taken, so life was taken. So it's only a matter of time until the body will get the memo from the brain that you're dead already. So just, so just die. He says, but me, what did they take from me here? Over here, being here, they didn't take anything from me because what's life? Life is you try your best to serve Hashem. So my life is really very similar here to how it was at home. Like nothing really changed. <laughs> he says, in fact, in some ways it's, it's, it's even better because like, you know, at home, I'm working in my office. He used to work in an office forging passports to get, to get Jews out of Russia. 
Polish passports after the war when the Polish because the war the, the war front was always moving eastward. So if you could say you were Polish, you would get deported, so to speak, you know, quote unquote, even though they were really from Russia. Um, which they wanted. And then from there they would go to like France or for there to so anyways. Um so Ramandel says, and, you know, back home, I'm sitting in my office, and the sun's going down. Oh, you have to daven mincha. You have to daven mincha. So, you know, I go, you go daven mincha. He says, over here, it's the same thing. I'm working, not in an office. You're work, they were chopping wood. He says, I'm working, I'm chopping wood. Oh, the sun's going down. Oh, you got to daven mincha. Now, there's no shul to go to. And, in fact, you can't even daven out loud or they'll shoot you in the head. But while I'm chopping wood, I'll, I'll silently, you know, I'll daven uh, in, my, in my thoughts. And... In fact, while I'm davening, I'll think to myself, you know, in all the years since Hashem created the earth, I bet no one stood on this exact spot and said his praises. So in some ways, my life's even better over here. You see, they, they kind of improved my life. Okay, so it's the difference between defining a good life based on the stuff that changes, meaning material circumstances, pain and pleasure, that kind of stuff, stimuli, which are always in, in flux always changing. Or you say, no, life is about serving Hashem, and that's a constant. So whatever situation you put me in, no, I'm always able to serve Hashem, and therefore, emotionally, I'm solid. I'm intact. I'm Tomim. Okay. So let's keep going. So about them, about Avram and Sarah, who lived this way, it says, and this is from the Eishis Chayel, right? Tell me if you recognize this. Well, he doesn't quote the Valera part of it. He just says Hulu, etc. So what does that mean that she does him good all the days of her life? It means It means that all of the days of her life, whether she's going through tests of poverty or tests of wealth, whether whether it's a high high or a low low, she considers her whole life good, equally good, equally good. There's no fluctuation there. The Amr, and it says, Right, the Medrash that we quoted in the beginning says, just like they, that the righteous, just like the righteous are perfect, complete, intact, so too their lives, the days of their lives or the years of their lives are perfect, complete, intact. Now he says another dimension to it. Another way of describing this is that they're above time. They're above time. Like how can they be impervious to the ups and downs of life? You know, time itself is change. What is time? Forget which philosopher said. Time is the way that God keeps everything from happening at once. <laughs> like what is time? Time is change. That's 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 what it is. In fact, a, a year, a shana, is from the word shinoi, which means change. That's what time is. So the fact that they don't change is because they transcend time. They rise above time. Like it says, Ani meir hashacher hashacher meir oisi. You know who said that? I woke the dawn. The dawn didn't wake me. So simple meaning is I woke up before the sun. I, I woke up before the light. Most people, the light wakes them up. No, I woke up before the light. You know who said that? David Amalek. I woke up before the light. The light didn't wake me up. I woke the light up. 
Okay, so what does that mean? Even though it's taki true that every day brings something new. Every day brings new experiences. You're going to meet new people. You're going to learn something new. It's true. Every day is going to be new. So there's a change every day and every year for good or for bad. That's that's true. There are good days or moments of the day. There are good years or, or parts of the year and, and vice versa. Aval Hatzadikim, however, the righteous, they're above that. They're above the changes of time. And they bring completeness into time. In other words, their completeness, which means their unwavering mental and emotional state, they bring that into time. How do they bring that into time? By having the same attitude toward life, no matter what's changing around them in time. Okay. And this is also the meaning, so Sfas Emes is going to uh, unpack a Pasuk from Kehalas, from Shleim HaMelech. It says, Ashreich Eretz Shemalkech Ben Choyrin. Happy or fortunate is the land whose king is a free person. Whose king is like a real king, not like a, a vassal or like uh, not somebody who's, you know, a puppet who's uh, controlled by someone else. So what does that mean? Happy is the land whose king is, a, you know, a, a autonomous, let's call it. Happy is the land who has a, a ruler who is truly autonomous. What that means is someone who has the ability to be autonomous, to go out of nature and time, meaning to rise above <laughs> the, 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 the properties of nature and time, which are, which are in general, like we're saying, uh, always changing. But he's not subjected to that. He's not subjected to that. So uh, he's called a ben choyden. He's called free. He's called, called autonomous. He's emotionally autonomous. Because even though his life is changing, he doesn't have to be reactive to it. So he's emotionally autonomous. He's a ben choyden. Okay, then the, the Pasuk continues. Actually, I think, actually, this is the previous Pasuk in Kehalas. I think he quotes the, the second Pasuk first, the first Pasuk second. Be'es yechelu. So it says, or maybe this is the, no, this is the continuation of this Pasuk, and then next he quotes the previous Pasuk. Be'es yechelu. They eat in the right time. It's talking about the Sodom. Says the king is autonomous, and the and and the ministers, like the cabinet officials, uh, eat at the right time. So he says, they eat at the right time. Who This means the time that is set for them. I think that means that um, they are set, meaning they're not reactive to what's changing. Then the previous passage says, Eloch Eretz Shemalkech Noar. 
woe to the land whose king is a, well, this is like the opposite of a uh, Ben Chayrin. Uh, he's uh, the, 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 in context. The pasuk means that he's a uh, he's a uh, no worse than that because it it, it means he's uh, he's a lackey. He's like a henchman. He's not a real king. He's not really autonomous. He's like uh, beholden to somebody. Uva baker yechelu, and in the morning they eat the sodom. That's like sad. That's the first one was good that the king is autonomous and the ministers eat at a fixed time. Then the sad one is the king is a lackey and the ministers eat in the morning. So what does that mean? He hanhoga meaning in the morning, it's a specific time. So they're set under time as opposed, as opposed to being the same, no matter what time they are subjected or they are subject to time. And that's why they experience changes, internal changes, based on the changes around them in time. Okay. Uh, then there's a whole part here, which is about, maybe I'll read one more line, but then it goes into a different concept about Maris HaMachpelah and about... Uh, Ganadin, different levels of Ganadin, but you know, I'll do it goes into a different subject, but I'll just read one more line here. The main concept, what does it mean, this integrity or this complete uh intact state is to be cleaving to your source on high. So Pasik in Parsha Shaftim says, be complete or perfect before Hashem. So the way he's reading it is you want to be a Tamim, you want to be this emotional rock who's like not reactive, then it's Lifne Hashem or Im Hashem You have to connect to Hashem because Hashem is unchanging, Hashem is eternal. So if you're anchored in Hashem, then you'll be a Tamim, then you will not be reactive, then you won't be a, a, a thermometer. He called Everything that is below has a source above. So when you're experiencing something, instead of reacting to it as it's manifesting down here in time and space, which is changing and in flux, stop and say, hold on a second. This thing that I'm experiencing right now, this situation, this encounter, this uh, well, this uh, situation, this whatever it is that's happening. Yet in down here in the time space continuum on the lowest plane, Elam Hazahagashmi, it is in flux, but it comes from a higher source. It's shoidish, it's root. And in its root, which is Hashem, it's unchanging. How is it unchanging? Because Hashem is uh, that's what Yud Kevavke means. So, anyways, what he's saying is when you're experiencing anything in life and you're experiencing it as, oh, that was good, oh, that was bad. Stop a second and realize, no, it's all it's all Hashem, and it's all the same. And you don't have to go on an emotional roller coaster. That's what it means to be a tummy. A tummy means there's no emotional roller coaster. Okay, fine. I'm going to uh, we'll stop it over here. We have a minion for Minev. Is yeah, that possible? We have, we have, we have people who want to dive in Minev.